Because of the war, they're no longer exporting wheat and barley. And that would be nothing, Miss Amisha, if they didn't produce a lot of it. Let me give you the numbers. Russia and Ukraine together, and I got some graphs that I'm gonna put up because I don't just want you to believe me. I want you to see the numbers, see the statistics, line this thing up with our Bible, see what's going on right now. So us as a people, as the Hebrews, we can know what's coming, get right with our God, be covered by our God, be provided for by our God, be blessed by our God. That's why we're here this morning. Glory to the Most High. Thank y'all so much. Hallelujah. Revelations, amen, chapter 6 is where we're going to be. Amen. And we're going to go deep. Like I said, it's just going to be a, a conference type word. Amen. And hopefully I can get out of conference. Amen. Uh, stride. Amen. After today. Amen. But we'll let the most high be, be glorified. And hallelujah. We're going to talk about some things, but, but wait for the whole message. Amen. Let not your heart be troubled. Amen. Hallelujah. Let not your heart be troubled. Amen. <laughs> believe in God. Amen. <laughs> and believe in Yahshua also. Amen. So we're going to talk about some eschatology and some last days things in relation to us being a people. Amen. It's, it's no good to take the word and just talk about abstract things. Amen. But we got to apply the word to what's going on in the, in the here and now. Amen. How many people want to rhyme a word? Amen. You want to rhyme a word? Amen. Hallelujah. That's what we came here for. Amen. And so we're going to begin in, in verse 1. Amen. And while you get there, I just want to also praise God, not only for the home church, but for the Atlanta church. Amen. Who sent Minister Israel out there. Amen. Hallelujah. And Minister Rodney Pauley. Amen. Dallas. Amen. And his wife, Tara. Amen. They... They just really came through. Amen. Hallelujah. For a national church, you're going to need leaders all over the place. Amen. And, and we got to be ready and, and willing to accept leaders. Amen. Uh, princes and princesses, prophetess and prophets. Amen. Other kings and other queens. We're going to have to accept them in our ranks. Amen. So that he can enlarge our territory. Amen. It's, it's no competition, amen. It's no looking at trying to like well, wonder if I'm still good. No, this ain't got nothing to do with you, amen. We are in, God's enlarging our territory, amen. And so he's, he's bringing more laborers. We prayed to the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers, amen. And we can't mess around here and, and hurt the laborers that he sent, amen. We got to enjoy them. We got we to gotta love them. And some of them going to have giftings under you. But some of them going to have giftings that's bigger than yours. Some you're going to be able to teach and others going to be able to teach you. Amen. But whoever they are around the country and around the world, the leaders he sent. Amen. We're going to open our doors. We're going to open our arms. We're going to open our hearts. Amen. In every single area of ministry, whether it's music, whether it's ministers, whether it's deacons, whether it's preachers, whoever they are, amen, we're going to open the doors and say, come and build with us. Come and build with us. Come and build with us. Because it's about the kingdom at the end of the day. Come and build with us. Come and build with us. And so we praise God for the workmen and the workwomen that he's sending. Amen. 
In Revelation chapter 6, the Bible tells us, it says, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. He says, One of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw and beheld a, a white horse. Somebody say a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red. Somebody say a red horse. And power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. Somebody say a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, come and see. And I beheld and lo, a black horse. Somebody say a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Most high, we thank you for your word. Now bless it. Fill it with your presence. Take us deep into the spirit and the anointing of prophecy. Show us, O King, what was, what is, and what is to come. Bring us into eternity. And help us to see the timeline of men that we might understand the work of the Most High God. And Father, we pray, knowing that you don't do anything in the earth without revealing it to your prophets first. Teach us the way we should go. Order our steps. And at the end of the day, we would be remiss not to ask that you would save souls in our midst. And we thank you for it now. In Yahshua, Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Let the church say amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. 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 The presence of God is here. Hallelujah. Thank y'all so much, brothers. Love y'all and appreciate y'all. Hallelujah. We're going to be looking at Revelation chapter 6, amen, this morning. Focusing in on verse 6, but kind of giving you the context of the whole, amen, book, but also, amen, the chapter that we're in. Hallelujah. And uh, so we're going to be going in, hallelujah, to Revelations a little bit. And you know what the book of Revelations is, is all about, amen. It's all about the last days, and, and it's, uh, it has an emphasis on, on what we call eschatology, the study of last things. And so... In chapter 1, amen, uh, John the Revelator, amen, is exiled on the island of Patmos, amen, for the gospel. They tried to kill him but couldn't kill him because Jesus put a promise upon his life that uh, he would somehow be here when Yahshua returned. Um, also, uh, John got the message, amen, in chapters 1, 2, and 3 about the seven churches, amen, which represented the seven church ages. Your church, Philadelphia, is part of that revelation in chapter 3. Come on, give God some glory. Amen. Hallelujah. 
after he goes into the messages to the various churches and church ages, he gets into Revelations chapter 4, amen, and he begins to talk about, hallelujah, John being caught up, amen, into the heavens. And John sees a throne in chapter 4, the throne of the Most High, the Ancient of Days, amen, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This throne is like a, a, a stone, and Yah is like a diamond, a jasper sitting on that throne, and there's lights coming out of him and colors coming out of him, and John is overwhelmed. He not only sees Yah, but he sees the 24 elders around the throne of Yah with crowns upon their heads. He also sees the seraphim and the cherubim, and then John breaks out into a worship service. The cherubim begin to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. The 24 elders get into it, amen. They take their crowns and they fall before the throne of grace and cast their crowns down because he's the one who's made us both kings and priests, hallelujah, by the blood of Yahshua. Somebody got to give him praise up in this house, amen. So John breaks out in worship in chapter 4, amen. In chapter 5, amen, there's a problem in heaven, amen, after the worship service. Yah, the Most High, is seated on the throne, Deacon Carl, and there's a book in Yah's hand, amen, is the book of judgment, the book of the seven seals of the judgment of Yah. And the angels begin to talk, amen, and they say, hallelujah, that there is no one, that there was no one in heaven, on earth or under earth, which is an interesting thing, that's worthy to open the book thereof. Nobody in heaven, in earth, and under, who's under the earth? He said, he said hallelujah, and, and I thought the earth was anyway, but, 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 but he said there's nobody under the earth who was worthy to open the book of the judgment of God. And John begins to weep. He begins to cry because the earth is in a stalemate. We need judgment. Wickedness is going forth, but there's no way to bring the judgment, which brings the righteousness of God, and nobody's worried then. And in 4 and verse 5, amen, the Bible says that the angels tell, tell John, uh, uh, I hope I gave it to y'all, but it's Revelations 4, amen, and 5. The angels tell John, they say, hallelujah, uh, 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 not four and five, it's, it's five and five. That's why they was looking at me, amen. It's, it's five and five. The angels tell John, and one of the elders uh, uh, on the 24, 24 elders said in uh, Revelation 5, 5, they told John, they say, weep not, weep not, huh? Weep not, is one of the 24 elders said to John, weep not. Behold, who is this? The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, had prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Come on, give God some glory for Jesus. Amen. He told us that all judgment belongs unto the Son. In verse 7, amen, worship begins again. And they're not worshiping, amen, uh, uh, Yah this time in 5-7. Uh, they worshiping, hallelujah, Yahshua. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat on the throne. Go to uh, uh, nine. Go to nine. Hallelujah. 
Uh, or, or, no, eight is good. When he had taken the book, the four beasts, the four twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having one of them harps and golden vows full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Go to nine, amen. And they sung a what? A new song, saying, Thou art worthy. Huh? Worthy is the lamb. To take the book, to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain at the cross and has redeemed us, has redeemed us to God. He purchased us. Bought us back from sin, from Satan, from the world. Amen. We forgiven through him. We saved through him and has redeemed us, God, to God by the blood. Amen. How did he redeem us? By the what? By the blood. Out of what? Out of every kindred, every tongue, and every people, and every nation. He saves not only the Hebrews, but every kindred. Every tongue, every people, and every nation. Come on, give y'all some glory. That's the power of the cross. Amen. In verse 10, I didn't even put it down, but might as well go to it, huh? And he says in verse 10, hallelujah, and has made us unto our God. What did he make us? Kings and priests. And we shall what? Reign on the earth. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. The people that's too spiritual don't like us to call each other king and queen. But God said that through the blood of Jesus, through the gospel, he had made us what? Kings and priests. Tell them to be quiet. They don't know their Bible. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. Hallelujah. By the time we get to chapter 6, Yahshua begins to open the seals. Huh? When he opens the seals of judgment, the first Four seals in Revelation 6 introduces us to the four horsemen. Somebody say the four horsemen. And I'm not talking about wrestling over here. I'm talking about the four horsemen of the apocalypse, of the last days, of the judgment of God. And when he begins to open up the four uh, seals, the four horsemen, we see a white horse. Huh? And the white horse, amen, represents something. Every horse represents an age in these last days, an age. And more particularly, some commentators say that the horses not only represent an age, but even could represent certain countries in the last days. The white horse, commentaries, commentators agree that the white horse represents colonialism, all right? When the earth, amen, and the kings of the earth were all trying to colonize the nations of the earth, sending ships out, moving about, colonizing the Americas, North America, South America, amen, all the different islands in the Caribbean. That represents colonization because when you look at, hallelujah, 6-2, and I saw and behold a what? A white horse. And he that sat on him had a crown, had a bow and a crown, all right? Because the colonial, colonialism period, hallelujah, was marked by, not by uh, uh, democratic governments and republics, but by kings and queens. Because it was the king of England sending stuff out. It was the king of Spain sending out Christopher Columbus. It was the kings and the queens of the earth. People who had crowns that marked this age of colonialism when it was going out to conquer and to conquer. Even the people who marched down in, in Mexico, taking over the Aztecs and the Mayans, were called the what? The conquistadors, conquering to conquer, an age of colonialism. 
where nations was going forth to put their hands on smaller and weaker nations. Then we move to the next horse. Huh? He opened the second seal and there went out another horse that was red. Somebody say a red horse. And power was given to him that sat upon uh, thereon to take peace from the earth and that they should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. The red horse represents the age of war, the age of war. And that's what followed in human history, colonialism, war between the nations followed. Just as Yahshua had predicted, for nations shall rise against nation. You see? We're talking about the different ages in, in human history. The book of Daniel, the Old Testament book of Revelation showed us, amen, up into certain nations, certain empires. Revelation picks up and gives us a more particular detail account. There'd be an age of colonialism and an age of war. I want to tell y'all from the mid-1800s, the 1900s until now has been the most war-driven conflict-driven, bloodshed-driven part of human history since Adam and Eve. This one little 200-year period, we have shed more blood than any part of human history. It's an age of war that we're living in. All right? As we think about the 1900s, mid-1800s, 1900s and now, what kind of wars we've had? Well, we've had the Civil War, hundreds of thousands of, of lives lost. We've had World War I, war broken out across the world. That was never heard of before, Deacon. It didn't happen once, it happened twice. World War II, war broken out all over the world. Huh? The, in, the, in, uh, the infusion of nuclear weapons. World War II, killing off whole cities, wiping out whole cities. War. It's like Bob Marley said, the prophet, huh? Everywhere is war. He was predicting an age of war. He was talking about that we were in an age of war. War in the south. War in the north. Hallelujah. War in the north. War in the south. War in the east. War in the west. War, war. Rumors of a war. You see? An age of war. The Red Horse. The Korean War. The Vietnam War. You think it's over? No. The Gulf War. Afghanistan, huh? Iraq War, huh? War in Syria. War in Yemen. War all over Africa. Africa constantly war. Whether it's Rwanda, the far, the Congolese, amen. War everywhere, y'all. Everywhere. And now we got the Ukraine war, which is on the news. And those are just the major ones, y'all. Everywhere is war. It's been said that from the 1900s to the present, war and conflict has been in our time every year. On earth, there's never been a year of peace since the 1900s. Every year, war. White horse, colonialism. Red horse, the age of war, which we are in now, but we are moving out of even as we speak. All right? Not to say that you don't have a, a blurring boundary line because there'll still be war as we move into this next age. All right? All right? All right? Now, I want to talk about your country, America, for a second. Because in every age, 
there's going to be a major country that's going to be pushing this thing. In colonialism, it was Great Britain, of course. They say that the sun never set on the British Empire because they was all over the place. Well, this age of war is being pushed by a country as well. America? Oh, America. Since 1776 until now, our little 245 in July, 46 years of being a country, huh? Some commentators say we have only had less than 20 years of peace. America was born in war, and almost every year since her conception, she has been at war. The Red Horse. Oh, y'all don't want to hear me this morning. Y'all don't want to hear me this morning. 93% of, of the U.S. history has been at war. I have a little quote up there. Hallelujah. Uh, it says, let's be honest, sound boot. Amen. It just gives a little quote about our uh, uh, warring ways in America. If you can find it, I pray to God you can find it. Amen. But if not, hallelujah, uh, uh, they can trust my words on this as well. Hallelujah. Just get to it when you can. It's going to be a all black. There it is. I see it on the back. I don't see it on the boards up here. Look at all the wars. All right. And this was done, hallelujah, when we was a nation, only 235, now we 245. They say we've been at war for 209 years. Other estimates say when you consider the Indian wars that were perpetual, that we were at war for 222 years. All right? Just a warring nation. All right? A nation that, that want to get mad at other people for going to war. But ain't no other nation got a history of war like us. We want to point the finger at Russia, but they done fought way less wars than us. Come on, give y'all some glory up in here. Are y'all hearing me up in here? We in conference mode. Come on, Philly. All right, all right, all right. Now, now, I want you to, oh, God, I want you to look at something. I got a, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 I got a picture. Come on, Sambu, help me out. Uh, uh, the forecasting issue of The Economist magazine. Uh, 2019, The Economist magazine is the one that put out every year those covers that, that, that the world says forecast, Brylin, what the elite are trying to do. But not only that, what their clairvoyant psychics and stuff can feel coming on the way. Because sometimes God will allow the other side to be, get a peek into the future, yeah. If you read the uh, uh, book of Samuel, the witch of Endor knew things. Revealed by God. If you read your Old Testament, hallelujah, uh, uh, Balaam knew things about what was to come. God will every now and then slip the, the wicked side some things to let them know that judgment is coming. He do that in a way to get them to repent. He do that in a way to warn even his people. Amen. But in this magazine, amen, uh, uh, not only do we see uh, uh, the pandolin, which is down there, that's that little animal, and you say, Pastor, what was that? Well, that was the animal that spread COVID-19 in the China markets. And that happened, y'all. That magazine was put out before the outbreak in China. They was telling you that something was coming, and it was coming through a pandolin. And they went in that Chinese wet market and they was eating that stuff. And that's what brought COVID. It, it, it went interspecies. It, it, it went from the animal species to the human population and it spread around the world. 
All right. Not only that, hallelujah, but but we also see uh, uh, President Putin on this. Huh? Saying that he would make a, 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 a splash. Huh? In the years to come. And we've been seeing him in the news like I don't know what lately. Break it down, Malvo. Break it down. Come on, let's break it down. There's so many things I could talk about in, in this thing. But for time, amen. We also see the advent of facial recognition. Amen. And did you know that, that most of the banks are, are moving to facial recognition, kind of like your phones? You're not going to go to the bank and, and wave your card no more. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're going you're gonna to wave your hand and smile on the camera. And it's going to go bloop, bloop. And then it's going to charge to your account. MasterCard is breaking this out in the Middle East, breaking this out in India right now, and it's going to be coming to America soon. Facial recognition, playing a great role. They're telling you what's coming on a lot of their magazines. That's why I read them, because I want to know too. All right. <laughs> well, Pastor, get to it. In this magazine, right under Putin, in between Putin and the panda, which represents China, we see the four horsemen, the four horsemen of Revelation. Now, with the Luciferians, amen, everything is written backwards. I'm telling y'all too much. <laughs> I'm telling y'all too much. We usually read left to right, but they're doing things right to left. Hey, y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. So when you look at the four horsemen, you can see them, but they're not left to right like we would normally read. They're right to left. So the first one you see is the crown, conquering to conquer. Huh? That's the king. That's the monarchical system. The second one you see, amen, hallelujah, uh, uh, is, the, is the red horse, war. It was given a great sword. You see the sword in the hand? First one got the bow. Now the funny thing about it is, look how that Rider of the second horse looks. What's that on their head? Let me show you a picture of the Statue of Liberty. Come on, come on, Sambut, help me out. You don't think that somebody trying to tell us something up in there? Brother Harvey, can you fill me up in there? Is this too deep for y'all? Am I going to conference on y'all? Lafayette, can you roll with me? All right. All right. Second horse, war. America would play a great role in perpetuating war in this age of war. And they would tell us, some of our leaders, be careful of the military-industrial complex. That America would begin to love war because of the money it would make it. You see? And I'm sorry, but this country has fallen into that. The Bible says that she would be given a great sword. A great weapon. What weapon that America has that's so great that keeps the rest of the world at bay? Nuclear weapons, baby. A great sword. Y'all better back up. We're going to send our army in. We got the greatest military in the world, the greatest technology in the world. And if y'all was ever to beat our Apaches and beat our tanks and beat our weaponry and our drones, if y'all was ever to beat that, which y'all can't, we got another great sword. We'll drop it on y'all and they'll never see y'all again. It'll be like fire and brimstone, Sodom and Gomorrah. A red horse given a great sword. 
with a hat on like the Statue of Liberty. Frank, is this too deep? I'm going too deep, Frank. Keep going, Frank. Hallelujah. But then there's a third horse. You see him now? We're going right to left, y'all. The third horse. And this is the horse we're going to focus on because we're in a transition period, Deaconess. We're transitioning from the age of war into something else, the black horse. Even while we are here this morning, the transition is, is occurring. He's telling us what was, what is, and what's what, and what is to come. Huh? And the ironic thing before we leave, amen, the, the red horse, amen, it looked like the Statue of Liberty, but it, it looked like he got a what? A mask on. Like I represent freedom, but I really don't. Mm. Woo! Like what I represent, I really don't really act like that. I, it's a mask. It's, it's, ooh, oh, y'all ain't ready for this. Because when atrocities happen, I'm going to stay quiet about it as long as I can get paid. Hey, somebody, hear me up in here. Huh? But this, this, mm, come on, Pastor, keep going. I got more revelation. That great sword, the word sword, amen, that great in revelations, great is mega. Mm. Like megaton, megabomb. Mm. Come on, Pastor, don't give them too much, too much. You gotta, you just gotta, you just gotta research, you just gotta look at it. And you gotta look at it good. That 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 mega, uh, that mass, weapons of it means that 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 great means mega, it means mass, mega bomb, mass destruction. Mm. All right, come on, Pastor. Go to the black horse. Go to the black horse. All right, let's look at it. I believe that we that they are trying to tell us, either them and God, probably both, that the black horse is coming. What does the black horse represent? The black horse represents famine. Famine. All right. Now, if you go back to the pick, amen, uh, of the economists, the four horsemen are between Russia and China because some kind of way they're going to be instrumental in bringing this new age of famine. All right. And when you look at the third horse, it has a mask on. And those of us that's, that's cultured, that's traveled, that, that have some understanding of, of things overseas, that's not just any kind of mask. That's a traditional Chinese mask. Y'all ain't ready for this. Y'all ain't, ain't ready for this. First horse, British Empire, colonialism. Second horse, war, America. Third horse, China going to play an important role in bringing this judgment of famine. All right? All right? Russia as well. Not, not, not like America in a very evil way, but just in a matter-of-fact type of way. And I'm going to show you how. All right? Y'all still up in here? All right, let's look at Revelation 6. All right? Revelation 6, go to 5, Brent, amen, 6, 5, and we're going to focus on this for a few minutes, and then I'm going to let you go. And when he had opened the third seal, we talked about the first and the second already, I heard the third beast say, come and see. And behold, lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances. This has to do with commerce, weighing goods, because that's how they used to pay for stuff. Everything was based upon weight, 
how much value it had. And this is what this is all about. It says, and I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say this, a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Saint to God, this black horse represents famine conditions. When it says three measures of, of barley for a penny and three measures of wheat for a penny, that penny is Daenerys in uh, uh, the Greek. That Daenerys represents a day's wage. What the Bible is trying to tell us quickly, as quick as I can is, is that you're going to work a whole day and be able to buy one meal. You see, not you, not you. The good news is coming, not you, but most of the world. Going to work a whole day and be able to buy one meal. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine that? Could you imagine that? But we see it. Look at inflation. Look at the baby formula shortage right now. Something is going on, y'all, and if you're not paying attention, it's going to catch you unawares. If ever there was time to seek God, to run after God, to trust God, to be in the church, in the house of God, to be in the move of God, where God is, now is the time. Now is not the time to run out and be everywhere. You got to be in the house and in the right house because the black horse is coming. Black horse is coming. You see? Not only the wheat represents good food, nutritious food, the barley represents less nutritious food. And it says a day's wage will buy you more barley, but it's going to be less nutritious. You'll be able to work a whole day and at least feed your family, not just you, but your family one meal. But it's going to be less nutritious. You see? You might get you something that's made not with real ingredients. Something that fill your belly, but don't feed yourselves. You see? You see? Something that tastes good to the tongue with all kind of MSGs. Huh? But does absolutely nothing for, in, in regards of nutritional value. Come on. Those that's in Frankie's discipleship training, holla if you hear me. Anybody hear me up in here? When we talk about labels and nutritional value, yes. you see? You see? We come into a place, hallelujah, where the world belly may be full, but they still going to be hungry. Anybody hear me up in here? All right? We talking about the... The black horse. As we move to Revelation 6, 6 and look at it in the NLT for some confirmation, look what it says. Hallelujah. In the NLT, if, uh, if Brent can get that for me, I'm working them back there. I don't even know that if, that, if that is Brent, but we just, we're going to call everybody Brent back then. <laughs> and I heard a voice from among the four living beings say, a loaf of wheat bread or three loaves of barley will cost you a what? A day's pay. A day's pay. Could you imagine working all day and only being able to buy one meal or a loaf of bread? You know? But the people that's in the grocery stores can see it coming. The people that's getting their bills while they eat out can see it coming. Things are heading that way. The black horse represents famine. The scriptures is all about, hallelujah, right here, rising food prices. And around the world, uh, this is where I believe the world is going. Amen. Next, the time of colonialism is ended. 
War is going to be gradually ended, but food shortages and famine in most of the inhabited world is what's going to happen. All right. This scripture is telling us that the time of the black horse will take a whole day of work to buy one meal. Huh? We're talking about poverty conditions, y'all, where work is going to be focused on buying food instead of clothes, instead of housing, instead of cars, instead of being able to travel. That's for most of the world. All right. And I'm going to tell you, amen, that there's good news. That through the grace of God, we can go through this and not allow it to affect us. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. All right. I got to keep the silver line. And amen, I can't send you home. Hey, God. And some of y'all will be saved the food. Don't eat that. What y'all eating? Right? <laughs> Save that for tomorrow. <laughs> some leftover prophets and prophetess. Uh, Mom, we've been eating on that for two weeks. Can we? When it starts turning green, can we, baby? You don't know it's the black horse day. It's the black horse. All right, let's not, let's, not get, let's not get crazy with it. I'm showing you what's to come, hallelujah, but God has a promise for his people. Come on, give y'all some praise, amen? Hallelujah. Well, that was the 2019 cover of The Economist, just showing all kind of little different things about the four horsemen, China, amen, Russia, amen. Let's go deeper. Let's look at this week's cover of The Economist. This week. When you look at the cover this week, y'all, all right? Brent, show me that. Hallelujah with the grains of, of wheat. Show me that. Hallelujah. And I'm going to be relying upon pictures, amen, real heavily, so we're going to wait until they get it. Hallelujah. That is it right there. Hallelujah. Look what it says. The coming food catastrophe. All right? All right? They know what's coming. They know what's coming, but let me encourage you, because some of y'all getting scared, y'all stomach, y'all say, man, I should have ate before I came. I'm going to leave here. It ain't going to be no food. Once again, it, it don't have to affect you if you connected with God. All right? If you connected with God. All right? Now, I want you to look close at that grain. Flip to the next page. I mean, to the, to the next picture. Let's zoom in on that grain. Do you see what that really is? Do you see what that really is? You see? You see? You see? I want to tell you that the war on Ukraine has kicked off this black horse. All right? And you know that I'm not faulting Russia for it because they kind of they kind of push Russia into this. And uh uh, by trying to make Ukraine a NATO member, and even now Finland and Sweden, uh, they, who on their board border becoming NATO members, NATO members are aligned with America, the the warmongering America. Y'all ain't ready for this. How you gonna put the red horse right on my border? Who gonna be picking for fight, picking for war? America make money off a wall. How you gonna let these people come in my front yard? I have no choice but to push them back. But to push them back. Back up off me. You know you wouldn't have done this in the 80s when I was a superpower right with you. But you won't do this when I'm weak. But we still got some strength, Russia say. Putin say I'm here for it. I understand the assignment. You won't go to war? Putin say I'll take you to war. 
Anybody hear me? You know what I'm saying. I will put and see on the ball. All right? But what has happened is it set off a global domino effect that I'm going to explain to you, which is going to usher us in to this next age of the apocalypse. Pastor, what you're saying, well, the global food system, we got systems in the earth. There's a money system. <laughs> Anybody hear me up in here? There's trade system, huh? We know the money system with the, with the currencies, the euro, the yen. You see it all over the place. They, they, they balancing this thing. So there's a money system, currency system. There's a trade system, huh? There's a religious system, huh? A trends and style system. Oh, God. The Bible said the whole world, if you look at it, is the whole thing is a system. Oh, y'all ain't ready for this. There is also a food system. That's balanced real good. Real good. We get food from one place to feed another place. And that's how the world has averted most of the localized judgment of God. Prophet, I see you back there. You go understand what I'm about to say. When sin was prevalent in the area, God would shut up the heavens. The heavens would be as iron. And the earth would be as brass. And famine would hit the localized area. But wicked and ingenuitive men come together. And when they come together, nothing shall be impossible to them. They figured out a way to avert the localized judgment of God, Miss Noah. Because if it's not raining over me, it's going to be raining someplace else. And I'm part of this global food network. If I don't have the oranges, I'm going to just call Florida and get the oranges. If Florida don't have it, I'm going to go over here to another country and get what I need. And there's this great system of ships, of trucks, of trains that's moving food from one place to another, no matter what the heavens say. No matter if it's raining, no matter if it's famine. So man has put himself in a position not to listen to the signs of the judgment of God because they just take it from another place. Back in the day, man, hallelujah, it wouldn't fall, no rain before this global system of food. People would be repenting before the end of the day. The farmers would see their potato getting small and, oh, we got to go to God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we don't see that no more. We don't see the handwriting on the wall no more. We so smart and can see everything. We can predict the signs of the sky, but don't know the signs of the times. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. So there's a global food system that keeps food going, but it's a delicate system. It's a delicate system. A few things go wrong in that system, and the whole thing crumbles. Huh? Well, y'all, it's been a rough couple of years. The pandemic hit. And when COVID hit, it not only threw off the money system, but it threw off the global food system as well. Huh? The UN said because of COVID and the pandemic that the pandemic by itself could bring famine of biblical proportions because they knew who it was going to be coming from. COVID by itself 
But towards the end of COVID, they start rushing COVID. All right, COVID, hurry up. They start sending us to work. Huh? And now even if you have, they say, just don't tell nobody. <laughs> Go to work. <laughs> you wear a mask. You understand what I'm saying? But you can still go wherever. Why? Because the system was at risk. So after COVID, we already had a, a we had a had an eggshell, a delicate situation of a global, hallelujah, a, a food system. But the war in Russia and Ukraine started. Are y'all still up? Yes. All right. Russia and Ukraine, amen. Because of the war, both of them are no longer exporting, watch this, wheat and barley. Revelation 6 say, a measure of wheat, a measure of barley. You don't think that God trying to tell us something in 2022? Because of the war, they're no longer exporting wheat and barley. And that would be nothing, Miss Amisha, if they didn't produce a lot of it. Let me give you the numbers. Russia and Ukraine together, and I got some graphs that I'm going to put up because I don't just want you to believe me. I want you to see the numbers, see the statistics, line this thing up with our Bible, see what's going on right now. So us as a people, as the Hebrews, we can know what's coming, get right with our God, be covered by our God, be provided for by our God, be blessed by our God. That's why we're here this morning. You see? But as we look at it, why the war in Ukraine Threatens global what? Food security. Well, Ukraine produced 9% of the wheat in the world. Russia, 18%. And that's just one statistic. Together, that's 27%. Other numbers say that these two countries together, because Ukraine is called the breadbasket. Uh, you can go back to it. Ukraine is called the breadbasket of Europe. Produced some of the most bread. Those two countries together produce 28% of the wheat that's traded on this global, delicate food system. All right? Now, y'all, I got 10 pieces of bread. All right? And we got eight people. And we all passing our little bread around. Every day we pass our little bread around. Now, what happens if three of them bread gone? And we got 10 people, somebody not going to eat. This is the situation that Ukraine and Russian war is putting us. But it's not only wheat, but it's barley too. Barley, 29% is produced. And this, this one is a little bit wrong. But 29% of the world's barley is produced, amen, by Russia and Ukraine. Statistics show that. Ukraine, amen, alone feeds 400 million people in the earth. So if you turn off their export, 400 million people ain't going to eat. On May 18th of this year, the UN secretary, I got a picture of him, Guterres, I think his name is. He warned that the months ahead could bring global food shortages. This is what's happening while we're riding on the north side. This is what the UN talking about. The coming months could bring global food shortages. Pastor, what else is going on? Well, while this is going on, Ukraine and Russia war stopping wheat, guess what else happens? China, the largest wheat producer, huh? they get too much rain this year. 
All right? All right? Show me the picture of China. Flooding happens in China. Flooding all over the place. Guess what happens to most, uh, a lot of their wheat crop? Ruin. So no more wheat from Ukraine and Russia. China saying we're going to have one of our weakest crops that we ever had. All right? All right? I'm talking about, you see how God moving pieces? All right? India, the second largest wheat producer in the world. All right? China getting too much rain. Guess what in the India getting? Not enough rain. It's 120 degrees some days in India. Extreme heat. They dirt make concrete look bad. So the first leading producer of wheat saying we're going to have our worst crop. India saying y'all lucky if we have a crop. United States, France, and the Horn of Africa is saying the same thing as India. We ain't been seeing too much rain. You see? Other problems include rising costs for farmers. Anybody notice gas prices lately? <laughs> what y'all don't know is that farmers need gas too. To plow the fields, to harvest the fields. There's also a rising cost of fertilizer to throw on the ground to make the ground produce the best yields that it can. They don't have enough gas to sow. They don't have enough fertilizer to reap. So the farmers say, those of us that's getting rain, we can't afford to have big yields, big crops. The black horse is coming. The black horse is coming. You see? Another issue is, is that the nations that's smart enough to see this coming, that produce grain, you know what they're telling the people that how they pass the food around? They say, you're not getting rain, I'm going to pass it to you. You know what they're saying now? Baby, I'm keeping my piece of bread. <laughs> 23 countries have restricted their exporting because of this drought. And they're saying, we, we, we can't let nothing out. And other countries in Africa saying, listen, we really need bread because we relied upon Ukraine. These people are saying, we watching out for our own people. We cannot give you no bread. So we got COVID. We got war in the Ukraine. We got drought in one place. Too much rain in another place. Rising fuel costs and fertilizer costs in another place. Did I tell you all about the locusts? That in some countries, hallelujah, they finally get enough rain. They able to, to, to get some fertilizer. They got a little corner of gas in the tractor. And after they finish having a good yield, guess what come flying in by swarms? Locusts. Eating all the crop. And people looking up to the heavens saying, we can't win for losing. And God looking down say, get right with me and I'm going to make sure you win. Is this too much for y'all? All right. So all of these factors are going to breathe into a cacophony of problems, y'all. We're going to have poverty. We're going to have famine. We're going to have starvation. They're predicting, amen, because of the bad economies, people are going to start working just for food like slavery again. 
They're predicting even cannibalism, like in the Bible, when, 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 when slavery was, when, when famine was so bad, people was eating their kids. That's what they're predicting. They're predicting people dying of starvation. All right? This is going to lead to famine conditions in most of the part of the world that's already got it rough. I'm talking about Africa, a lot of South America, huh? Talking about some of the Middle East portions. Amen? America, maybe not as bad, still detrimental, all right? Still history changing, all right? But not to the point of starvation. That's not what they're seeing, all right? All right? But it's going to change everything on the world scene. What you need to understand, and I'm going to tell it to you again, famine is not only a curse, but it's an opportunity for change. Oh, y'all ain't heard that. <laughs> it's an opportunity for change. And we're going to get to that in a second. We're going to get to that in a second. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot going on. Now, now and you saying, Pastor, why is God going to judge like that? Lord, Lord why are people going to look up at God and get mad at God? You didn't see what happened this week? How they ran up in that school and killed them nine years and them ten years? You gonna blame God for judging while them children? While that boy walking that 18 years telling them children it's time to die? You gonna blame God for judging when they coming into the supermarkets while people trying to buy food for their children and feed their families? Dude come in, shoot up, kill a bunch of people in the grocery stores? You gonna blame God for judging when when we ourselves killing 19 million of our own babies like we talked about in the conference? You going to blame God for judging? No, 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 no. You should praise God for judgment. Anybody hear me up in here? Because a change has got to come. All right? All right? As we look at Psalm 107:33, y'all still up? Come on, Lafayette, this is conference material right here. I'm telling you what's coming. We just left the white horse and the red horse, amen, and we moving into the black horse. In 107, hallelujah, 33, hallelujah, and you know, when you know what's coming, you know how to position yourself. The steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. When you know what's coming, you know how to position yourself. And while others are experiencing loss in famine, if you position yourself right, you can be blessed in famine. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me up in here. In Psalm 107 and 33, look what it says, hallelujah, that God is able, all right, to turn rivers into a wilderness. That word wilderness is a desert. He can turn a wilderness into a desert. I mean, a, a river into a desert. And water springs into dry ground like he's doing in India. A fruitful land into barrenness where there's nothing. Nothing is coming out of the ground. Why will he do it? For the wickedness of them that dwell therein. For the sin. But while he's able to do that, watch what else he's able to do. He's able to turn the desert, the wilderness, into standing water. He can turn the, the, the Navajo Desert, the Sahara Desert, into the Great Lakes if he wanted to. He can turn dry ground into water springs. 
Anybody hear me up in there? I'm telling you, he could make, hallelujah, something that never had water before look like Niagara Falls. All right? And there he make it the hungry to dwell. If you write with him, he can put you in those flourishing places. That they may prepare a city for habitation and sow the fields and plant vineyards which may yield fruits of increase. He blessed them also. Said that, that they are multiplied and suffer not their cattle to decrease. So we see the black hearts coming. We see it's going to be famine in certain places. Now let me tell you the good news. That it's not going to be famine in every place. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. All right? All right? Kind of like he did in Goshen. He judged one place, but he kept a cadre of a, 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 of a geographic location where the lights didn't go off. Where the locusts didn't come, where the disease didn't hit, where the flies didn't swarm, where the lice didn't bite, amen, that God is able to spare the righteous in the time of judgment. Come on, give y'all some praise, I'm telling you. Commentator says, we read Revelation 6, 6, when it says, see that thou hurt not the oil and the wine. While on one end, there's going to be a people that came and get enough to eat. But on the other end, it's going to be a time and a place where, where luxurious uh, uh, extra goods like oil and wine, amen, can still be available in the global system. What he's showing us is, hallelujah, that there's going to be two groups of people. There's going to be those that are starving and there's going to be those that are blessed. All right. And this morning, we come on, give y'all some praise. Commentators say not all people will be hurt famine. Some will even be rich during times of famine. You say, Pastor, I can't see it. You don't need to see it. You got to do is believe it. Amen. All right. And in verse one, there was a famine. And the Bible says, and there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that it was in that was in the days of Abraham. And I Philistines under but famine can also move God's people. I got a promise, son. Sometimes God puts you somewhere where you don't want to be, and you want to get you where He needs you to be. Famine moves God's people. Amen. Hallelujah. It's not bad. It's bad for some, but it, it, it work out good for God's people. There was a famine in the land. So we see Isaac move in the famine in 26:12. Amen. Our forefather Isaac in the famine. The Bible says, then Isaac sold land. All right, he sold. Now what you gotta understand is, is that you have to still invest, even though it's. See, some of y'all hear that the black. The devil is a liar. Close his business down. Isaac still bought product. Isaac opened business. Still was investing. He was just following to invest it at. Anybody hear me, huh? He left one where he shouldn't be invested and moved to another place. Show me where to sow. Up in here. Still, 
Because sometimes catastrophe brings bring business ideas and innovation. Innovation bring money and wealth you've never seen before. God can put you on the cutting edge of a to where you develop something or open something that right when you coming on the scene or y'all never made up in here. It was famine and Isaac was the only one with oh, yeah. He was the only one in the land and reaping. Famine. Don't tell me God don't know how to bless his people in famine. Because while it was famine everywhere, Joseph leading Egypt had grain for all the nations of the earth to come. What I'm saying is, is that during the time of the don't be fearful, be faithful. Anybody here? Now we not only sow by investing in our business, we also sow by sowing into the thing. Sometimes here up in here, I bring into the uh, the widow and Elijah. Huh? It was famine when Elijah, uh, and she had a little bit. And Elijah said, "What you got?" She said, "I just have a piece of cake. Me and my son." And everybody got lack, but there's still in heaven. And if you connect with heaven, what's in heaven gonna come down? Amen. Just say, before you eat, you'll see God into the things of God. Didn't understand it, but she understood. Even though it was hard, she took up the cake she made for Elijah took away from what she had for herself. But it's all right to take away from yourself when you're giving to God. God, hallelujah, bless the givers. He will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. You don't have room enough to receive. So in you keep dry everywhere. It could be dry around you. The neighbor could be dry. Be dry. Your mind tied dry. But God, it hear me up. In the time of the black horse, people gonna be blessed. And it's God. Those that trust God like him, but those the house of God, the men and the women of God that serve in God, and God's gonna bless you, amen. Like he blessed Isaac. The Bible it was famine, y'all. And in the same year, the famine year, Isaac. Isaac when Isaac sold in the land. He received he didn't receive 10 which would have been enough. He didn't receive 24 which if it was raining everywhere 24 would have been great. 20% return or 20 oh no he didn't receive 34 but in the time when nobody else had anything and Isaac received a hundredfold from the most high God. And listen to me, man. It don't matter what's going on in the glory. 
ground even with rain. God is able to make stuff grow out the ground even if it don't rain. Even, listen, God is a miracle worker, y'all. It wasn't no rain in Genesis when he said, let the earth bring forth. Oh, no, baby. God did that on his own, baby. And God could do the same thing with you. While it don't rain nowhere else, God will make a cloud of mist, a dew come, and just water your territory. All your neighbor's grass is dirt, and you sitting there, you got green grass. They are that could play golf on your lawn. You got so much grass, you tired of cutting grass. That's when you serve God. You get a hundredfold return. Come on, give God some glory up in this place. But you got to be connected with God. You got to be saved. You got to abide in his house. You got to pay attention to what he's telling you, what to invest in, and not just sit on your laurels and not do anything. You got to be a go-getter. You got to be driving and always listening for God to bless you because he want to bless you. He want to give you the abundant life. The problem is some of y'all don't want the abundant life. Can I tell you that? Some of y'all don't want it. Pastor, how you know you don't want it? You ain't doing nothing to get it. You're not listening for God to tell you, go here and do this. When they passing the baskets around for tide, you say, I ain't got nothing. But you say you ain't got nothing, but you're going to stop to McDonald's after you leave here. And do like the widow, hallelujah, uh, 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 could have done, ate her seed instead of sow her seed. After the widow sold her seed, huh? Huh? The Bible say, listen, man, the Bible say the oil, it never failed. Huh? And the bread, it never ceased. The, 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 the grain, the bread, the cornmeal, it never ceased. God kept providing. You see, I don't know who you are, and this is not even the type of message that I want to bring. Why are you not giving to the work of God? Why are you not tithing? Why are you not offering? Pastor, I have lack. No, no, no. Lack is not, be, lack is not the reason you're not giving. Huh? The reason you have lack is because you're not giving. It's a spiritual thing. During the time of famine and the black horse, it's going to be the time to ramp up our fidelity with God. Ramp up our loyalty with God. To be even more sure that we're meticulous about what we give him. And as we do that, we got to fear that famine that's all around and come to church and say, oh, I don't want to be in touch. I want to be in that famine. I don't want to be without. I'm watching all these people be blessed. I don't want to be left out. Well, why am I being left out? Why are all these people blessed and I'm not? I'm not doing what the blessed people are doing. Is this too much for y'all? All right? All right? You sow into the land, even in Famine conditions. And the Bible says that Isaac received a hundredfold. As we look at verse 13, amen. Hallelujah. Come on, Pastor, keep going quickly. As we look at 13, and the man waxed great and went forward, progress, and grew until he became very great. Let me look at that in the NLT. I'm going to say some words that the church don't like to hear when it applies to other people. 
but it's words you like to hear when it apply to yourself. All right? Hallelujah. No, no, no. Uh, NLT um, on that verse that you was on is fine. Verse 13. Isaac became very what? Rich. Yeah. The church is petty. We mad when other believers get rich. <laughs> we say they greedy when they get rich. <laughs> huh? Huh? But we want to be rich. But God said, you ain't going to never be rich with a hater mentality. You ain't going to never have what you hating while other people have it. Isaac became what? Rich. And what's wrong with that? And he was a man of God, a patriarch. Every time we pray to God, we say the God of Abraham and Jacob, and all three of them was rich. You see? Look at Isaac. He became very, a very rich man. Huh? But he didn't stop there. And his wealth continued to grow. How many people want their wealth to continue to grow? Hallelujah. Come on, give God some glory up in this place. Well, listen. Don't be mad when the sister or the brother next to your wealth continues to grow either now. Right? What you want for yourself, you got to rejoice when somebody on the side of you get it as well. All right? All right? Come on, come on. Just, just a little more. Let's just a little more. Listen, the famine is not going to be bad for everybody. The example of Isaac, the example of Elijah. Huh? Look at Job 5 and 19. It's not going to be bad for those of us with the promise. Look what the Bible says about God. He shall deliver thee in six troubles, yea, in seven. There shall no evil touch thee. The next verse get, in particular, in famine, he shall redeem thee from death. He's going to deliver you, Kai. He's going to save you. Huh? And in war from the power of the sword. Can we get that hallelujah? Looking at that hallelujah in, in, in 522. All right. All right. Look what it says. Hallelujah. At destruction and famine, thou shalt laugh. Neither shalt thou be afraid of the beasts of the earth. In these famine conditions, while everybody not eating, God said, you're not even going to be worried about that. You're not even going to be worried about that. There's going to be famine everywhere. And the reason why I say you're going to laugh is because it's not going to affect you. All right. Look at uh, 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 Psalms 37 and 18. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. Go to 19. Look what it says. Hallelujah. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine, they shall be what? Satisfied. These are our promises, y'all. When it says satisfied in the Hebrew, it means that we will eat, we will be blessed, we will have more than enough, we will enjoy plenty. In the time of fam famine, we're going to have left over to give to other people. Verse 20 tells us this, huh? That's why we got to find out which side we on. Verse 20 37, it says that, hallelujah, glory to God. Let's see, I'm trying to hurry up. Uh, they shall not be ashamed. Oh, no, 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 no. That's the same 1920, hallelujah. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs, they shall consume into smoke, shall they, into smoke shall they consume away. So here we have, y'all, famine coming. The wicked, they're going to perish. But the righteous and those that's in Christ going to have left over.
Hallelujah. Look at 37.3. It says, trust in the Lord. Huh? And do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land. And verily thou shalt be what? Fed. Huh? Look at Psalm 37.25 and 26. I have been young. And now I am old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his seed begging bread. Hallelujah. He is ever merciful and lended. In the time of famine, we're going to be able to lend. And his seed is what? Is blessed. Look at Psalm 33, hallelujah, and 18. Let me build up your faith. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. Huh? Look what it says. To, their, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in the time of what? In the time of famine. You see what I'm saying? God will not only take care of his people during famine, some of them will even be blessed and thrive in this time. One commentator says this, and worship team, y'all can come on up, amen, uh, uh, at your leisure, amen, not to rush y'all at all. Hallelujah. Two things you got to understand about famine, the famine that's coming. Remember, we talked about the white horse, the age of colonialism, the red horse, the age of war, the black horse, the age of famine. And not only saints, amen, does famine cause starvation and hurt people, amen? It's going it's to hurt the wicked, y'all, all right? And you see, as a people, us, we have been under the curse of God before while the whole rest of the earth was under the blessing. But the switch is going to happen. While the rest of the earth is going to be under the curse, but the true people of God is going to be under the blessing. He's going to provide a, a Goshen for us. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Just remember this, that God moves his people during times of famine. And it's going to get hard, but he's going to move us to bless us. Think about this. He brought Jacob and his sons to Egypt during famine. Grew them and made them a nation. Delivered them out of Egypt. Split the Red Sea. Rained bread from heaven. And gave them their own land. The catalyst for that was a famine. No famine, no Egypt, no nation, no Red Sea, no manna, no promised land. The famine is what God used to move his people right where he wanted them to be, to bless them. When we look at the book of Ruth, huh? Ruth and Naomi in the land of Moab. What did God use to move Ruth and Naomi? Family. There was no bread in Moab. And Naomi looked up and said, there's bread back at home, back home, back in Bethlehem. Naomi said, I'm going back home. She looked at Ruth and Oprah and said, hey, go back to your land. Worship your gods. Ruth said, uh-uh. Beseech me not to leave you. She said, where you go? I'm going to go. Where you stay, I'm going to stay. 
Where you live, I'm going to live. Hallelujah. Your God shall be my God and your people shall be my people. And that famine moved Naomi and Ruth back to Bethlehem where Ruth met Boaz, where Ruth became wealthy while the whole world was in famine, where Ruth became the grandmother huh, through Obed and Jesse of David and was, hallelujah, birth, uh, the ancestor of Yahshua Jesus. How did all this happen? A famine that moved her where God wanted her to be. You see, the famine moved Elijah huh? to a place where he was fed by ravens, fed by the widow, moved him to Mount Carmel to where he looked at a nation that had not been rained on for three years and six months and said, if God be God, serve him. But if Baal be Baal, you go ahead and serve him. He said, how long will you halt between two opinions? Because of that famine, he would say he was able to say, let the God that answered by fire be God. And he, he shamed the prophets of Baal that day because he built the altar, he called upon the Most High, and the Most High sent fire and consumed the sacrifice. But God wasn't done when he sent fire. He wanted to further shame the prophets of Baal because this God could not only send fire from heaven, but after three months and six months, three years and six months of drought, the same God that could send fire could send rain the minute after. And so Elijah got down and prayed. Prayed seven times and a cloud the size of a man's hand came. Filled the sky up with clouds. The prophet looked up and God sent the rain. And the rain fell upon the faces of the people. And revival hit Israel. Even Ahab got himself right with God for a moment. If there was no famine, there would have been no Mount Carmel, no fire from heaven, no rain to end the drought, no revival. Pastor, what you're saying, know that it's coming. Know prophetically it's coming. But know that no weapon formed against you gonna ever prosper. And know that we've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. And know, huh? And in a time of famine, you're gonna be fed. Know the vision scripture of your church and your denomination. That God will keep you during the hour of temptation and tribulation that will come upon the whole world to try the inhabitants of the earth. God has prophesied Philadelphia that he would keep you. He's not only going to keep you. But during the days of the black horse, you will thrive. Those that have the wherewithal to invest, to keep sowing, 
to keep building up your businesses and your portfolios and to keep investing. While the market is dropping out, you got to keep buying. You got to keep doing your thing and God's going to lift you up. We always ask Leah, how is going to happen? That Esau going to fall and Jacob going to be raised up again. I'll tell you how. A famine. A famine is going to change the world order even though the powers that be don't want it. Hallelujah. But the question is which side you going to be on? Are you going to be on the Lord's side? Or are you going to be on the devil's side? I tell you the wicked going to perish but the righteous going to be like a green bay tree planted by the rivers of water and we're going to bring forth fruit in due season. Here we go. We're going to open up this altar. And if you hear and you heard the voice of God speaking to you of the coming catastrophe and coming calamities and you want to make sure that you're right with God, this altar is going to be open. And I want to tell you, amen, that God is not a man that he should lie. Every promise I read to you about him feeding us, he will keep that promise. He will keep that promise. I've had vision, y'all. Vision of me walking through the streets and seeing great poverty. Great poverty. Walking and helping people and looking at people and praying with people. Great poverty, but I wasn't in that same condition. I was kept. I was blessed. I was able to lend and help. Who want to be a conduit of blessing during these dark days? Come on, give y'all some praise. Come on, give y'all some praise. Come on. I'm going to move out the way. Come on, I've gone too long so far, but this altar is open to make sure you're right with God. To make sure you're saved, to make sure that when the da disaster comes, that he gonna keep you. Come on, this altar is open. Come on, this altar is open. Come on, this altar is open. And for any other reason you feel like you need to be at this altar, come on. Some tough times is coming, but they don't have to touch you. <laughs> they don't have to touch you. They don't have to touch you. Hallelujah. A prophetic word for the nation today. We are in transition. But it's going to be for our good. Hallelujah. 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 So listen, I'm going to pray with you. And we're going to go. I've kept you too long. Y'all, I usually preach long at conferences. You know? I told you I'm in still in conference mode, amen? But let's go ahead and pray. Say, Most High, thank you for showing us what was, what is, and what is to be. We thank you for loving us and preparing us for the future. Now, Lord, 
I want to be, I got to be on the right side. I want to be on your side. So I admit I've sinned against you. But I believe you still love me. You died on the cross for me. You were buried in the grave. And you rose on the third day. Save me. Forgive me. Put me on your team. And protect me. And provide for me. In the times of trouble. And Father, use me to help others. Use me to feed others. Use me to point the loss right back at you. They will need you in the time to come. I believe in you, God. Your death, burial, and resurrection. Save me. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on. Come on, give him some praise in this place. Come on, we went deep. We went deep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he cause his face to, to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. You're good. You're good. Lift up his countenance upon you. Bless you. With shalom peace. Hallelujah. Woo. Love y'all. Be blessed. Good morning, good morning. Thank you for tuning in to the post show once again. Um, we had a great word from Pastor Omar on this morning. He gave us a word on some eschatology, the end times, uh, talking about things that are going to happen in the end. And it's such a blessing to have him uh, warn us and, and give us uh, some knowledge about what's going to happen in the end time so that we can be prepared. Um, the Bible says our people perish for a lack of knowledge. So if you don't know, you can't do anything about it. And I think it's no coincidence that he talked about faith. We've been hearing about faith for the past couple of weeks. The Lord has been putting that in, putting that in our spirits. And um, now Pastor comes with this, uh, this word that talk, talks about how things are going to be very devastating in the end times and we have to prepare ourselves and he gave us the good news that we can still be blessed in a famine that's such a blessing to hear that uh, we don't have to fall into the the, the lies and the, the traps of the enemy of, of the end times we're going to be able to be okay if we follow the most high god so we just want to talk about that on this morning that word that pastor gave us and we'll get right into it good morning good morning good morning thank you for joining us this Absolutely. morning how y'all doing we're good go ahead and introduce yourself um i'm sky lawrence um of the lawrence tribe okay <laughs> miss sky lawrence so what's something you took away from this this real deep word on this morning um confirmation okay a lot of confirmation my husband and i um before we joined the church we were looking for a church home mm -hmm. 
and we found Pastor through Pastor Darby. Okay, wow. And uh, how Pastor was talking about, you know, he'll have you in a famine when you're looking for where he wants you to be. Yeah. Um, he wanted us here. Wow. He did. And we were driving back and forth from Baton Rouge to Lafayette every Sunday. Um, we were looking to start investing in properties. Mm -hmm. And the Lord worked it out because the property we looked at was way above budget. Yeah. The Lord gave it to us for like 40000 less. So that was confirmation to get here. Then we started coming to church, and then COVID happened. Um, when we got back, we decided we was going to start serving. Okay. Um, and the Lord just been blessing us. Wow. Yeah, a lot. A lot, wow. a lot. I don't know if you can. My mic went out. Uh, you want my mic? Check. Check, check. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, that is good. So that is true. Pastor said that... Uh, God will use a famine to get you to where he wants you to be. And um, that also applies to a famine of the word. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so we're in a time where the truth is hard to find. I say that all the time. And I'm so, we're so blessed to have Pastor Omar because we're in a famine of the word, truly. Like you can turn on the internet and, and it's all kinds of people, but that doesn't mean that it's something that you should be listening to. Somebody that's giving us the truth and letting us know what's going to happen um, and, and what God is saying right now, speaking to us and and, uh, his people is definitely a famine of the word. And yeah. so him using that famine to kind of get you to yeah. be in the place where you should be, that's amazing. Yeah, and we keep growing as a family. Um, we has blessed us even more, and even talking about preparation and stuff like that, investing. Mm -hmm. We continue to invest. We're about to close on another a little piece of land. Praise him. Yes, Come Lord. On. I'm learning how I'm getting my little green thumb. I'm growing yes. and stuff. I ain't never grew nothing a day in my life. <laughs> stuff just sprouting and stuff. Like I said, look at the Lord. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's yeah. amazing. It's a blessing. And it's always just confirmation for us. That's all. Yeah. Every Sunday we come, it's like you say, a rhema word. Mm. We grow every, every week. Mm. Every week. Every week, he's good. Praise him. Well, that's awesome. Thank, thank you. you so much. No problem. I'm thank gonna you. go. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Love you. Yeah, that's awesome to hear that. Um, you know, the Lord is is using the the lack of a word in this time in this time period to get people to the truth. Um, so that's such a blessing to hear that even in the famine, the Lord will move. He'll get you to where He wants you to be. Good morning. How are y'all this morning? How are you? Good. I'm going to the mic. So y'all go ahead and introduce yourselves. Sherman Kaye. And I'm Tracy Kaye. Okay. My wife, Good morning. Thank y'all so much for joining us. We got another mic for you. Thank you. All right. So what's something that y'all kind of took away from the word on this morning? Talking about the end times, um, how uh, it's going to be some trouble gonna be some famine but the Lord is gonna preserve his people that trust in him and that put their faith in him one thing that I took from the word was that it gave me hope mm. you know I have hope but just hearing it and just reassuring me that God will be with us through this time because we are or we have been uh, going through a hard time famine has hit wow. but it was just giving me hope and knowing that God has our back. Mm. You know, he's faithful, and what he said he's going to do, he will do. Yeah. So that just gave me hope and just strength yeah. to say, I'm going to hold on, and I'm going to keep on pressing on. Yeah. And that's what I received from the word. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. What I received from the word is the same thing, but uh, the signs and the writing has been on the wall mm -hmm. 
for a long time. For those of us that pay attention and um, don't pretend that we don't see what's going on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, continue to read the word and, and feed ourselves with uh, prayers and, and God, you know, yeah. look for God and everything. We can see these things and not pretend that we don't. Mm. And, and, uh, and rely on the, the powers, the, uh, the, um, the powers in the government and, and mm -hmm. the powers that are, uh, you know, the, uh, um, the families that control mm. the governments in Those the world. Elite. Yeah, the elite, mm -hmm. thank you. And uh, the world banks and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, they drive all this stuff to come to, you know, uh, to reach their, their, um, their plans. Their agendas. Yeah, their agendas. Mm -hmm. So, um, mm -hmm. so, uh, kind of nervous. But the thing about it is is that if we if we believe is that that we are his people, hmm. uh, his chosen people, yeah. then we have to um, we have to act like right. we know. And so um, but but the thing about it is is that our people is not uh, um, we still we still relying on deception to you know we want to be controlled mm. you know a lot of us mm -hmm. you know and uh we we don't want to look to god because we 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 afraid to look to god yeah. why is that mm. so anyway um what pastor said today is very much on point mm -hmm. and to me to me he needs to stay there mm. on revelation and, and reveal because because we as the people we need to know these things yes and stop relying on uh false teachings and yeah. um and uh, the media, mm -hmm. and uh, cause see, there's, there's, you know, like the media tell us one thing in this country, mm -hmm. but the media in another country, they'll tell them something about us mm -hmm. that we don't even realize, right. like, like we the people. Everybody else know this, yeah. except the people in this country. Yeah. And so we need to, we need to rely, we need to seek God and rely on Him more, mm -hmm. and stop playing. Yeah. You know, yeah. stop playing like we know what's going. We don't know. Right. Our head's swimming. Yeah. So that is so good. Yeah. That is so good. And I like how you said, um, you know, the media feeds us what they want us to have. Right. They they push us in the direction they want us to go. So if you're not rooted, if you're not grounded, and if you don't have somebody feeding you God's truth, that you'll is. get you'll exactly. get uh you know it's kind of swept into that right. you know and in these last days my greatest prayer is always that i don't be deceived Amen. and so right. uh, we we want to make sure that we stay anchored and that we stay in the truth so Amen. again yeah. praise god for pastor omar bringing such a, a yes. powerful and truthful word to us to prepare us and give us the faith that we need to to say look you know the trouble is coming we're ready for it but we don't have to worry. There you go. Amen. Yeah. So Amen. thank y'all so much thank for your contribution. You. We appreciate y'all. Thank, thank y'all so much. That was awesome. Thank, thank you. Amen. Yeah, this is so good. I love how he said that the, um, you know, the elite and the media, they have their agendas. Um, they try to get us to, to think their way. And if we think their way, we have no hope. We have no faith. It's not designed for us to, to, um, to trust in the most high God is designed for us to be depressed and to worry and to doubt and to fear but we know that we have um, faith in the most high God and we don't have to fear anything 
Good morning. Good morning. Good How morning. are you? Good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for joining us. Go ahead and introduce yourself. My name is Vanessa Williams. Miss Vanessa. Yes. All right, Miss Vanessa. What's something <laughs> that, that stood out to you with the word on this morning? Oh, uh, as always, um, just the connection mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just prophesying. He is just... Yeah. Just always on it. Always on point. And I just believe in the truth is very important to me. And I just enjoy the way he connects the, the, the scriptures to everyday life. Mm. Um, and I would like to say that you have to know yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know who you are and how you play that role in the Bible. Yeah. And, and, and for myself, that's important to me. Mm. Yes. That is a big deal. And I think that's a big deal for us individually and also as a people. If we know yes. who we are as a people, if we know how much God loves us and cares for us, yes. then why would we worry about what's going on and, and what's to come? We know that he's going to take care of his people with the apple of his eye. Yes. Stop so, wasting time. We have yeah. to stop wasting time. Um, I believe that uh, we as a people uh, have a lot more to offer. Mm. And, and this is what he's bringing. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. And uh, I, I tell everyone to do your research. Yes. And everything he's talking about, it is the truth. Mm. It is the truth. Yeah, Pastor always says, yes. do your own due diligence. He gives yes. us the word, but it's up to us to go in you know, confirm what he says and, yes. and follow the spirit and the spirit will always confirm Praise God, the absolutely. word that he gives. Yeah. Yes. And he spoke about famine and mm-hmm. how I'm dealing with that is, mm-hmm. um, is tithing. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have to tithe yeah. and get the education, the understanding of why you're tithing your talent. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer warming the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to get up and, and, and we need hands here. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that's everywhere. And, you know, it's not going to work if we don't do it together and we need that unity. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that you brought that up because a lot of times when, you know, in a time of famine, the last thing you're thinking about is giving. Yes. You know, the last thing you think is that I'm going to give this, I'm going to share this, I'm going to give back to God. It's like, God, you know, things are tight. I need everything I can get, but that's when you should give the most. That's when you should give most. And and I don't think twice about it. And you just have to wait, have that vision, pray for provision Mm -hmm. and, um, and watch him work. Yeah, and watch him work. Yeah, that's yes. so good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Miss Vanessa. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's so good. And I love that she brought up the tithe because um, the tithe is always a struggle. It can always be something that's difficult, especially when you don't have. And the more that you lack, the more you think you got to hold on to things. But whenever you release it and you let go, give back to God, that's when he's able to bless you. Your hand is open. So that was good. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yes. Go ahead Thank and you introduce yourself. Yeah, of course. Uh, my name is Leroy London mm-hmm. from Baton Rouge. I'm one of the Baton Rouge commuters. Okay, cool. Yes, so you come back and forth? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. From Baton Rouge, y'all. Uh, back and forth. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome, though. So what's something that you, you got from the word this morning? Well, as always, uh, the revelation that uh, Pastor Omar brings to the word and how he brings, uh, I always looked at like our American history and the Bible as two different worlds. Mm. And the way he's able to co-mingle those mm. is just, it's, it's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. So I just like how, you know, he's able to help you see right now what's going on right before your eyes. Mm-hmm that you know you don't understand yeah and you know he has the god gives him the revelation on it and you just like wow mm-hmm. absolutely right mm-hmm. so i just always 
you know, even when I first, even before the pandemic, when I started coming and following, you know, it's just the rev- the level of revelation that he gets, mm-hmm. you know, when he's studying and, you know, the way he breaks down the scriptures and mm-hmm. it just fans the flame on the inside of people with faith. Yeah. Because, you, know, you know, we know the promises of God, you know, sometimes we get shaken by what we go through, what we see, what's going on in the world. And, you know, you're like, God, you know. Then he come with the revelation, like, nah, we cover. Mm. You know, you just like, yeah, that's yeah. that's what's up, you know. Yeah. So I, I really just all the time from every message, every 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 time he takes the stage, I, he reminds me of another pastor that I uh, watch a lot. Uh, he, he's not here no more, Pastor Stephen Darby. Mm-hmm. You know, those two guys, man. I mean, have really tremendously mm-hmm. grown my life. Yeah. And yeah. So I I just love that revelation that he gets all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, and for him to, to care so much, to bring it to us, and these are hard words. This right. is not easy stuff to, to digest. Yeah, a lot of pastors will bite their tongue on some of the stuff he say because I you mean, don't offend nobody. Yeah. No you know, I'm going to make some people mad, you know. Yeah, but, no, it's one thing pastor don't mind yeah, on my stepping on toes. Like, I know who I'm accountable <laughs> to, so whether you mad, you can... Yeah. I'd rather you mad. Right. For me Didn't telling know. you what he said. Yeah. I'm mad for me not... Yep. So I, I really appreciate that about him. Just, yes. And I'm going to tell you, when I first decided to really start following, he was talking about tithes. Mm. And, you know, a lot of churches use tithes as a, you know, it's like they won't tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it's mandatory. Is he like, no, I'm, nope, it's, but do it. Yeah. It worked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after that, I'm like, okay, he keep it real so I can, mm-hmm. I can work, I can rock with that. Yeah. So I was, I was sold from there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, Pastor Omar is truly preparing us, and um, he's doing such a mighty, a mighty work for us. And I, I think about um, even the, the revelation of who we are as a people, how important that is going to be in the last days. Because um, if I could think about how I looked at our people um, maybe five, ten years ago, you know, I love my people, but we weren't looked at as, as much. No. You know, we're not looked at as anything. And so just imagine you have that mindset on you. We get in the last days. You're thinking, oh, man, it's the famine is coming. Right. Who's going to get the, the brunt of it? Right. Of course, it's going to be us. We're the last. You know what I'm saying? So if we don't have that mindset of the last will be first, right. you know, that we're going to um, be the head and not the tail. If we're right. not constantly feeding that to ourselves, right. We're gonna fall into the the depression and into the trap that the enemy is trying to set for us. So, right. praise God for. Which, which, which camera are we in right now? Which camera? I think we're in this. We can do this. One. That camera. We the people. Yeah. We the people. Yeah. And that's that's what makes the difference. Just knowing that we the people. Yeah. And nobody can say that's not important to know. That's right. That's right. <laughs> nobody can say that it's not a big deal to know who we are and Absolutely. that we are God's people. Absolutely. Clearly, it matters. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, so thank you so yes, much ma'am. for joining us. It. Thank yeah. you for your time. Of course. Thank you. Yes, yeah, this was awesome. This was a blessing. Um, and it's, it's amazing how God can can use the the tough things, the, the things that are difficult, like I said, to digest and turn around and help it to build our faith, help it to uh, use it to help us build our faith and, and um, build our trust in him because he cares for us and he has a plan for us and a plan to prosper us, not to harm us, but to, to give us an expected and to give us hope and a future. And so um, 
You know, we're, we're all just grateful for this word, for this understanding and this revelation of truth that Pastor Omar has brought to us today. And I, I just pray that God will continue to reveal things to us and he'll continue to um, allow us to, to prepare and, and be ready for what's to come. Because we know that tough times are coming, but um, God will give us the grace to endure until the end. So we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we just thank you, God. We thank you right now for... For Pastor Omar, Father, who uh, takes his time to, to study and to research and to, to look into these difficult things, Father God, and make it plain for us to understand, God. Um, he keeps this information, he gives this information to us, God. He doesn't keep anything to himself. Everything that he learns from you, Father, he relates it back to his people. And we are so grateful for him on this morning, God. So we just pray that you would just continue to bless him. We pray that you would continue to lift him up, Father, continue to pour into him so that he can continue to pour into your people, God. And we just ask that every every ear that hears this word will receive it, Father God. We ask that your people would have open hearts and open minds, God, to receive what it is that you are trying to reveal to us, Father. I pray that you would not let us be deceived in these last days, Father. We know the truth is hard to find. It comes far and few between, Father God. But we just thank you, God, for, for giving us the truth on today. Father, we thank you for preparing us for what is to come, God. And we just pray that you would give us receptive hearts, God. Make each and every one of us fertile ground, good ground that can receive your word, Father God, and that can bear good fruit from it, dear God. So we just thank you now for what you are doing in the earth, God. We thank you for the blessings that you have for your people, God. We thank you that when we follow you, God, we won't have to fall by the wayside in the end times, God, but we, we can still be rich in the land of famine we can still have the overflow and we can still be blessed, God. So make us like Abraham, make us like Isaac and Jacob and Elijah, God. Just do a new thing in us, Father God. And we just love you and we praise you. And we say all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Y'all have a great week. God bless you all and thank y'all for joining us.